This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Yours truly, Pastor Michael in the studio. And today, um, on this fine day, we have Pastor Andy Doyle, who is the campus pastor from Christ Community Church in Bartlett, Illinois. And uh, uh, on behalf of Village Church, um, we just love Christ Community, and we collectively share a passion to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ and grow in their walk with the Lord. And so uh, over the past week, we've got to hear Andy's story. And um, one of the things that's unique to Andy is that he has a passion for people to hear and understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, increasingly, our world is more and more, um, the term is postmodern, or even they have no categories for the gospel because like Andy shared yesterday, he didn't even hear it until he was 26 years old. And so uh, today we're gonna talk about uh, how to share the gospel effectively in a postmodern culture. And so Andy, just love to hear your story a little bit with that and your passion. What are some really effective ways that we can translate the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the heart and mind of somebody that is, yeah, postmodern? Okay, thanks. Uh, so I grew up in England where it's very intellectual. However, in terms of spiritual, I just had no background or no education. So I remember thinking, if there is a God, he might be real, he might not be real, uh, but I'm not going to live my life on something that I have no no evidence of. So it was until I heard that the Gospels were historically trustworthy and I heard who Jesus was and that he died on the cross for my sins. I heard that at an outreach event. I became really interested in, in who he was. I put my faith and trust in Jesus midnight, the 10th to the 11th of February 2003. And that just started a lifelong passion of just wanting to share the gospel with people. I've become, I'd say, more effective over the years. I was very passionate at the front end, probably <laughs> Running into crowds with the sword of truth, swinging it wildly wasn't Hi-ya. very helpful. <laughs> um, I've now learned to be more of a, to have like a scalpel, like a surgeon's scalpel and do heart mm. surgery. So some of the things I've learned in England as an evangelist and then in both Massachusetts and now here in Illinois as an evangelist and now campus pastor, uh, there's lots of similarities and, and a couple of things that we can all do well. One is to believe the gospel, like passionately believe in it ourselves. It's not just a ticket to heaven. It's something that causes us daily wonder. The the God above heaven and earth outside time and space, the most beautiful being in all creation and beyond creation, uh, gave his one and only son for us, um, that we could not just believe in him, but have a a purposeful relationship and everlasting life in the life to come. And that he doesn't just give us that, Uh, He gives us a full spiritual life now, and he shares uh, his vision for the world with us. So in the fullness of time, he'll recreate the world. But in the meantime, he wants us to be his representatives here. And that is just a a high calling. It's a wonderful thing. And the gospel is something that should just cause wonder and disbelief. At the end of uh, the Great Commission, Matthew 28 says that Jesus ascended to heaven and 
just after that, the scripture says, and some of the disciples doubted. And that's really what the gospel does. It's so beautiful, so amazing. It's almost like it's too good to be true. And when I first heard the gospel and, and got into relationship with God, I started learning it's so good, it's true. And so that's what the gospel, we did believe in ourselves passionately, and it just caused an ongoing sense of wonder in our lives. A couple of other things that we can do well in sharing faith is listen well and love well. Listening well is really, really important. So the the good news of Jesus Christ is God's story, but it's very difficult to get into a conversation with someone and just dump the whole of God's story on them. You go from a conversation to presentation, that just can feel really unnatural. And it's almost like going to a doctor. Um, you'd walk into the doctor's office and he says, this is what you need without having a, a having listened to you. So key is listening well. So whoever you're speaking to, listen well. In our culture, in our day and age, just actually taking the time to listen to someone really communicates that they've got value. And mm. part of the gospel is we all have inherent value uh, to God. We've been made in God's image. And if we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we become children of God. So as I'm listening to people, I want to call out that that value. I want to call forth God's image from them. I want to listen to them, let them know they're cared for. And as you hear them, you can just hear, hear themes within their stories, uh, whatever, just Get an interest in them, find out more about them. And as you hear that, you can find out where they are in their spiritual journey. So all of us have been made for a relationship with Jesus, but we're at different stages of understanding that need. Now, I came from an addictions background. I had an acute understanding that I needed God and that uh, my life, the way I was living it, wasn't a, a good thing and I needed someone else. That was typical for me because I was an, an addict. For other people, they may be having a, a successful life by worldly standards. So I'm not necessarily going to say, and you really need God. But what I might do is just introduce, as I'm hearing their story, that there are possible other worldviews, there are possible other things. So I might just seed some of that conversation. If someone was talking about how much money they're earning, looking forward to their retirement, I might say, you know, mm. and do you... Uh, when everyone does this, do you think it brings them happiness? It doesn't need to be judgmental. You're just getting people to share their story. And what you find when people uh, start sharing their story, start sharing who they are, uh, if you ask them, well, what is it that you believe? I'm really interested in some of the things that you believe. As people express what they believe, sometimes they're saying it for the first time themselves. Mm. So I came from a non-Christian background, and I had some beliefs that I lived by, but I'd never, ever said them. I'd never really had a spiritual conversation before. So when we give people the opportunity to speak, we're letting them articulate their own beliefs. And we don't need to say, that doesn't make sense or that uh, that's ridiculous. But in the process of them articulating those beliefs themselves, it allows them to think, well, is this something worth basing my life on? I remember speaking to a family member as a new believer and she goes, well, I, I know you've got Christianity, Andy, but that's not what I believe. And I wanted to give like a defense of the faith and I just felt prompted to say, well, help me understand what you believe. I'm really interested. And this family member just started explaining, I believe God's like a liquid and the different religions are different vessels for God. And as they were speaking, it took like 30 seconds and they kind of ran out of things to say. Mm. And I didn't need to say anything, but it sounded like, well, this belief system that you're living your life by is 
you haven't really thought through. So I was able to say, look, if you want to think through this some more, let's carry on conversations. Wow, um, yeah. Those conversations have been long in the, uh, <laughs> they've yeah. taken a long time. We just need to be willing to, to listen well to find out what people's needs are. Yeah, as you say that, my experience is that if you grew up in the church, your form- formative years, you are asked questions about God and spirituality, and those questions are formed. The majority of people have never, ever, ever talked about it. That is the thing that's crazy. So when you just listen, more times than not, rather than people telling you where they've landed, they're actually just processing for the first time verbally all of these, we'll just say, sources of input and spirituality and whatnot. And sometimes as they say them, there's like a prideful part in us that says, no, I'm going to stick to my guns, you know. But like when they go home, you you don't totally know how they're going to process that because most people, unless you've grown up in a religious context, uh, most people have never verbally articulated what they believe. I found one of the best questions. Now you got to be safe with somebody because you got to be a non-attacking person, and you have to genuinely want to know the answer. But um, the question I found my, myself asking is this: um, How do you know that? Like, where did you come to that conclusion from? Like, is that something you came up with, or someone told you? And getting to origins, and um, what you find almost always is that we are we are our own God. We create God in our own image, the way we like Him, the way we want Him, and and uh, but that's natural, right? That is the human condition. Without revelation from God, we take what we know and we put it together. So, um, well, yeah. Well, sometimes it's, it's really, really good point, Michael. Uh, it's helpful to understand where they're coming from and what the source is. And so, typically, you'll say, "Where did you get this view from?" They might say, "Well, I read a couple of books, and actually, now I think about it, I'm not sure where I got that view from." Mm. Sometimes our role as Christians who want to share our faith, we don't have to silence them with biblical truth, but we can just gently through asking questions themselves help them understand that, is there really any evidence for that? And sometimes if someone says to me, you know, I believe in reincarnation, my default response would be, no, that's not biblical and it's totally not true. I might learn, I I want them to get to that realization, I might learn by saying, well, what do you base that on? Help me understand where you've got that viewpoint from. if, 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 for example, on that one, I might then say, well, Christians believe in resurrection life. It's just a little bit differently. So you try and you try and listen, you try and understand. Yep. Uh, the second thing is, is loving well. If God is love, uh, if we are unpleasant, rude, mean Christians who have a hard time loving people, whether we like it or not, uh, we invalidate our message. So, so so, often the medium is the message. If you speak to an angry person, you're thinking, help, that's a scary person, regardless of what they're saying. If we're not speaking to, if we're not uh, treating someone in a loving manner, we are almost invalidating our message that God, for God is love and for he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So I typically want to listen to someone's story and want to love them well. And if you're in a good conversation, more often than not, if you've taken a real interest in someone, just by social norms, whether you're in England or America or any other postmodern part of the world, people will then say, well, tell me about your story. And you don't have to share a lot, you just share a bit. Mm. And so my story, I'll try and make it short. Um, I will give a, a bit of my testimony. I'll say, well, my life used to be really different to what it is now. Um, I didn't know how lost I was until I was found. You don't have to d- 
dump a whole load of a presentation, but just let them start asking questions. Yep. And one thing people find hard to argue with is your own story. Amen. Seriously, dude, like you hit it on the head. So there is there you're hitting on a skill. And I want to say skill because to do this, we have to dismantle some things that intuitively we think as Christians. And so intuitively we think I have to proclaim the gospel or preach the gospel. And the gospel stands on its own, whatever, whether you're preaching or sharing the gospel through your own story. And so like, if you listen, I think this is just great. If you listen long enough and you ask the right questions, you can actually begin to be in a conversation rather than a monologue. And a lot of times I have to start and it's a monologue. I'm letting them just share and talk and talk. But uh, what I found is I can interrupt and say, that's like, that's so interesting. You believe in reincarnation. I'm a Christian and, and we believe, you know, that um, you are resurrected at, uh, you know, at the final judgment. And that's interesting. That's a, you know, and then I'll go back and I can always share bits and pieces of my story. But if I'm proclaiming it, then it's going to be perceived as why are you judging me? Why are you shoving this down my throat? But if, if you're able to just share rather than proclaim, that's a very different approach but is increasingly a necessary skill if we're going to stop making people feel like they're being attacked and judged. And I want them to know Jesus through my story. And the gospel can be proclaimed both ways. So my, my hope is I've listened to their story. They will ask some of my story. And within my story, I get to share some of God's story. So my mm. aim is always the same is I really desperately want this person to hear the gospel. Mm. Clearly, I want them to understand who Jesus is. And that they have the opportunity themselves to accept or reject that. Typically, that's not a one-off conversation. Now, I've been on missions trips uh, to Haiti where you, you speak to people who say, hey, I'm a pastor from America. Can I share with you the good news of Jesus? And they might mm -hmm. say yes, and you share the good news of the gospel. And then you say, who wants to respond to that? We don't live in that world anymore. We've like certainly in the 50s and 60s and 70s been so much advertising that people largely don't want to be fed uh, like postures or spin anymore mm. if you get go on amazon like it's user reviews that we most pay attention to so what mm. i do is i want them to know that i care about them um, and that that leads to a certain amount of relational goodwill and then if they hear my story then that might give them validation that god's story is worth believing in and so it will always be for the aim of sharing the gospel but i it's almost like if there was a very rare bird and you wanted to capture it to put it in a, a breeding uh, situation so you could uh, breed some more of them, you wouldn't ring a bell and chase after that bird if you first saw it. <laughs> um, you would wait and take time, understand it, study it, and then gently uh, take care of it. Um, it's the same with people's faith. I mean, they are being made in God's image and he partners with us in calling out that image. They can be adopted as children by putting their faith and trust in Jesus. I want to do that carefully, prayerfully, and very, very deliberately. Sometimes I'm aware that we can therapeutically share the gospel. Like, yeah, I was walking down the street and I saw someone and I just shared the gospel with them. And you're thinking, well, was that for their benefit or was it for your benefit? So there are definitely times when we really do have to give an account for our faith. But more often than not, it's understanding that it's a process. Um, sometimes people say, does it work? Uh, Yes, I'll give you an example. We had uh, some people move in next door to us at the beginning of January, a, a guy and his girlfriend, and they've got two daughters. 
We just spent a lot of time getting to know them, talking together. Uh, we invited them over for dinner a lot. So we really wanted to get to know them, and they invited us into their life for dinner. And so when it came to Easter, it was a really simple invite to say, guys, if you've got anywhere to go for your Easter service, you know uh, that we're Christians, you know that we're what our beliefs are, we'd love you to come and share uh, Easter service with us. So they came along. At the Easter service, they heard a clear heard a clear proclamation of the gospel, and they both put their faith and trust in Jesus. Awesome. So it it does have impact and it does work. Um, and I definitely encourage you to so believe the gospel passionately. You listen well and you love well. That is so cool. Um, there are some unloving tendencies I think that we have. Um, and it's always unloving when you are overcompensating, um, talking down to somebody or belittling somebody. Always. And to be able to listen, see their value, and be okay with their process. Um, one of the things that I've just had to learn the hard way is wherever you're at, I'm okay with that because I can't make you believe, but I can love you no matter where you're at in the process. And uh, I just I appreciate your approach. I appreciate your outline, appreciate your heart, and you get to see the fruit of that real time in your life, in your neighbor's life. That's very, very, very cool. Um, I think there are some people who um, justify an angry proclamation gospel message because of urgency. Mm-hmm. And somehow our urgency cannot cause us to lessen our love and our kindness and our patience um, with people. And uh, I just appreciate your your heart for that. As we um, get ready to close out this podcast, um, is there any final things you just want to encourage our listeners with as they are interacting with and engaging um, a less and less churched generation? Our, our job is to love people. It's it's God's job to draw them to him. So the great commandment is love God with your heart, soul, and mind. And keep it simple. It's to love others like yourself. So it's a posture of loving well. It's incredibly important um, but as Michael was touching upon, the, the urgency doesn't uh, cause uh, a lack of precision on our part. So always good to be praying. Uh, I'll be honest, it can be really discouraging. So this, our neighbors we invited to church, it was the sixth time we asked them that they actually came. So you just keep, it's like fishing, you keep casting the line. Um, not to be a pain, but just because you care for them and you want to share your life with them. My other encouragement would be, God has made us each in our own ways with different gifts. Some people are very good at sharing the gospel. Uh, my wife is very, very good at hospitality, and I'm very good at getting people into spiritual conversations. So we work well. She's very good at inviting people over, and I'm good at those spiritual conversations. So think of how has God gifted you, and how can that help your local church as they seek to proclaim the gospel to people and invite people? And how can that help your work life, your school life, or even your family life as you think about sharing Jesus with others? Amen. Well, Village Church, want to thank you for joining us again. I want to thank Pastor Andy. So listeners, if you would do us three favors, number one, would you go to vcob.org? Um, go to our Village Church website. On the homepage is a button that says Q&A questions. Would you submit a question? Number two, would you share this podcast? And then uh, finally, number three, would you um, please rate and review this podcast? Thank you. Thank you.